0: family. Welcome to Wednesday night service, episode three of The Conversation. I'm so excited. Three weeks in, we're going through the life of Joseph, and tonight's going to be no different. I hope you've been watching every single week, and if you haven't, make sure you do so a little bit of catch up, because we're really going to go through this all the way to the end, and I believe God's going to speak to you, and I'm excited to be joined tonight (laughs) by my Co host. I mm-hmm. you going to read Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and last week I introduced Kendall first, but I'm going to switch it up this okay. week. Okay. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Elise Marie Murphy, Sophie. all the way from Sydney, Australia. Australia. seven years ago. Oh, I'm from Perth. Nope. Don't <laughs> wow. No,
1: that's that's <laughs> Julian's Australian accent, and it is. It's traumatic. It's traumatic in some ways, but thank you for showing people. Nice. A little people. It's not. It's not what's what's happening. <laughs> okay,
0: let's move on. Yeah, yeah, and quick, quick, my quick, other quick. co-host, ladies and gentlemen, Kendall Haley, yeah. the legend, the sixteen-year-old yeah. phenom. Man, so grateful for these guys and how we've been really going through the word together. And I've been encouraged and believe you're going to be encouraged as well. And here's what we're really trying to do. You know, I, honestly, I, I preach the word all the time, 52 Sundays a year, you know, if there's not guests and, and stuff like that. But I really want to train us to be able to go to the word through the word of God line by Line. And so I want you to stay engaged. I want you to stay focused. And I want you to have your Bibles open, ready to go through the book of Genesis and Joseph's life with us. So tonight we're gonna go through Genesis 42, verses 1 through 25. And yes, we're going to read the whole thing. Let's do it. it. Are you ready? So we're gonna start with verse 1. Verse 1, this is Joseph's dad. When Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, now if you haven't been following along, a famine has hit um, Egypt, a famine has hit Canaan where uh, Jacob, Joseph's family, is staying and the only person who has access to grain is Joseph. And so Joseph's father, Jacob, in verse one, hears about the grain that's available in Egypt. So he says to his sons, why are you standing around looking at one another? I mean, he's already he's going (laughs) in on him. Like, like, like I I felt like I know this father. It's like, (laughs) how would they know that there was grain in Egypt? But he's like, why are you standing around looking at each other? I have heard there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. He's just giving it to him straight. So Joseph's 10 brothers, older brothers, went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother Benjamin go with them for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with others to buy food for the famine was in Canaan as well. Since Joseph was governor of all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that his brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? He demanded. "From, uh, From the land of Canaan, they replied, and we have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he had about them many years before. He remembered the dreams he had about them many years before. He said to them, you are spies. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. No, my Lord, they exclaim, your servants have simply come to buy food. We are all brothers, members of the same family. We are honest men, sir, except we kill and throw our little brothers in pits. But other than that, that, we're we're really honest men, sir. We are not spies. Uh, Joseph said, yes, you are. You have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. Sir, they said, there there are actually 12 of us. We, your servants, are all brothers, son of a man living in the land of Canaan. Our youngest brother is back there with our father right now. And, And one of our brothers is no longer with us. We won't give you any details about that. Don't worry about that. But Joseph insisted, as I said, you are spies. This is how I will test your story. I swear by the life of Pharaoh that you will never leave Egypt unless your youngest brother comes here. One of you must go and get your brother. I'll keep the rest of you in here in prison. Then we'll find out whether or not your story is true. By the life of Pharaoh, if it turns out that you don't have a younger brother, then I'll know you are spies. So Joseph put them all in prison for three days. And on the third day, Joseph said to them, I am a God-fearing man. If you do as I say, you will live. You really are honest men. Choose one of your brothers to remain in prison. The rest of you may go home with grain for your starving families, but you must bring your youngest brother back to me. This will prove that you are telling the truth and you will not die. And to this, they agreed. Speaking among themselves, they said, clearly we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? Reuben asked, but you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood. Mm. Of course they didn't know that Joseph understood them, for he had begun speaking to them through an interpreter. Now he turned away from them and began to weep. When he regained his composure, he spoke to them again. Then he chose Simeon from among them and had him tied up right before the very eyes. Then Joseph ordered his servants to fill them in sacks with grain, but he also gave secret instructions to return each brother's payment at the top of his sack. And he also gave them supplies for their journey home. We did it. did it. One through 25. We read 25 verses. And um, I really believe it's important. And, you know, to be honest, I was a little nervous to pivot from preaching to a Bible study because, you know, you don't know if the views are going to stay the same. But at the end of the day, I remember someone was telling me uh, when they were talking about reading the Bible, you know, Some passages of scripture are a little bit more challenging, harder to get revelation, yeah. right. um, but you got to eat your vegetables. That was this old Bible yeah. teacher said, you can't always eat French fries and hamburgers. You got to eat your vegetables. And I believe that there's some healthy revelation that will encourage us uh, through this passage of scripture. And just to encourage you, if you're reading this passage of scripture and you're like, I got nothing. <laughs> you know, don't you ever read the Bible before? you like, yes. I got nothing. 100%. You read the whole thing, 25 verses, you're waiting for that revelation. What do I miss? And You're like, I got nothing. I, uh... Can you imagine you're supposed to be preaching this weekend and you're like, I got nothing? Yep. I'm going to do a sermon called I Got Nothing. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine? That would be so good. That'd be great. Because right? I think that needs to take the pressure off people because we see these. Pastors and speakers on stage that are getting all this revelation. And it's so easy to for me to feel like not as good if I'm reading the same passage and I'm like,
0: How I don't did you, How'd right. you get
1: that? You no. know what I mean? So
0: I wish you would. Can you imagine if we had a church service where we had everybody come and just sit in God's presence and I didn't preach? Mm. I feel like and we've like, done like, you that. You gotta get away. Uh, it would be crazy. We've yeah. never done that. Yeah, that church would have five people. Oh, facts. But I, think, I, yeah. but I think people might those five people really get something out of it. And so If you don't get something out of the the scripture read away, sit in it, think about it for a week. You don't always have to kind of do your daily devotions where you move on. Sometimes my Bible reading is sitting two weeks in a certain passage and I Mm. think it's okay to do that. And it's almost like that moment where Jacob held on to the angel, wouldn't let go until the angel blessed him. I think certain Bible passages Mm. like this one, we have to be committed and say, hey, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to let this go until you give me a word. I'm holding on to uh, Genesis 42. Um, And so I held on to it. Um, What'd you, know, you
1: get? <laughs>
0: and, I, and I held on to it, and I let go before the angel popped my hip. I ain't trying to walk with a limp. Jacob oh waited, and the, the angel popped his hip out of joints. So I didn't hold on that long, okay, got it. But I held on long enough to get something. And, and one of the things that um, I realized is what got Joseph in this situation was that Jacob um, had a favorite. Joseph was his favorite. Gave him yeah. a fire coat of many colors and 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 the coat was amazing and it cultivated jealousy between the brothers right and i think about myself as a leader and we're all leaders uh, even if we don't have a job as a leader we're all leaders god mm-hmm. puts us in spaces and i think about you got to be very careful about what you say you care about like you have to make sure that your priorities what's important to you will become important to, to everybody else. Mm. And so what I think about, the most important thing to you should be something you can give to everyone. Mm. And, and and like he had one coat. Right. right. So clearly that coat was so important to him he gave it to Joseph, his favorite right. son, but he had a lot of other sons. right? So as a leader, what's important to me should not be that I have like an employee who's really good at this thing because then everybody wants to be like that person and you're actually creating an environment where unhealthy comparison can happen wow, that's great. because wow. of what you've said is important to you. The yeah. reason why I, I picked up on that is because Joseph's younger brother was Benjamin. Yeah. Right. And in verse four it says, but Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother yeah. Benjamin that's go awesome. with him right. for fear some harm might come to him. So now he's replaced Joseph, who was the second youngest, right. Wow. Right, with, with Benjamin. Benjamin, the youngest. Oof. And if I'm a brother, I'm going for real. Right. Y'all yeah, gonna let us again? go? Or right. you're not. Oh, you're not. Wow. You're not worried about us, but right. you're worried about you know Benjamin. I think that's important. Wow. The other thing that stood out to me was was verse eight, when it says, "Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him." And it just gave me this thought, what do you do when your past comes to visit you? Shit. Because I honestly believe futures, prophetic futures are cemented in the moment where your past comes to visit you and how you respond. Wow. Because he had a dream about the future. He's in that future that he had a dream about and his past came to visit him. And here he is where his future and his past have collided in his presence. And it's in the present. The future and the past... Collided in the present, where he has this dream. Because the next line says, he remembered the dreams he had had about them years before. Right. But his past was they threw him in a pit. Pit. Mm.
1: Right.
0: But the dream was that I would save. So I would save them. Wow. But the past they hurt me. Yeah. So now the future is writing on how I respond to my past. Gosh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's deep. I that's wonder massive. how many people lose their future. That God spoke the over Christ. them because of how they respond when the past the showed past up. The past
1: come up. Yeah.
0: Past person, past offense, past thing. And, and I just thought that was interesting. Dude. And so maybe we'll just start start there. Do you do you have a moment where you feel like you're doing you're in the thing, right? And you're in the, the part of your life where God and, and maybe that's difficult or challenging, but something from your past shows up. <laughs> you have yeah. this moment where you're like, it's a fear, a temptation, a person yeah. where it's like, yo, like yep. how I respond to this affects, do I get there? Right. Do yeah. I get to where God can you can you lean into that? I was a like, who
1: bit? you wanna who you wanna go first? We'll go with you, <laughs> you first. Know. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> Your past.
0: Well, you know. you know,
1: I was like, which one? <laughs> Hello? Hello? I have a bunch of doors. They're all knocking. Yeah. I absolutely, I think that that was actually, as I reread it, and I like what you said before, like I sat and held on to it, that was one of the things of it's so interesting that finally Joseph's life started to make sense and it started to look tidy. And then here his brothers come starting to mess it all up again. And he'd had, by this stage, he'd, he was now prime minister. He was like the guy that saved the country and was now helping everyone. Everyone loved Joseph. He had a wife, he had two kids. He named his two kids a name that meant fruitful and a name that meant forget. So he even named a kid, I'm forgetting my past. And at first I was like, isn't that just like someone that as soon as you stop waiting for your past to come, as soon as you start waiting for that guy to text back, as soon as you start waiting for that job promotion, as soon as you start waiting for that person to come back into your life, all of a sudden, here comes that thing back into your life. And then it kind of brings that sometimes cycle of pain again, because it's like, they just get to show up whenever they wanted. What about all the times when I was in the pit or in the prison or in um, slavery to to Potiphar, really working in his place, you could have come all those times and now you wanna come back? And I absolutely know that feeling 100%. And I think that I was reading this and saying before, as we look at him dealing with this moment, he didn't handle it perfectly at first. He was like, "I'm putting you all in prison, right. like see how it feels," in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so he's not blameless, but in the same moment, you can't blame him because of what he'd been through. And. I've had so many moments of the past coming to knock. Sometimes past mistakes or just dumb stuff I've had, like that person shows up again, or that moment comes back around and you have that imposter syndrome or whatever of like, oh crap, if people know what's about to happen, or like my world's colliding in school. I remember as a pastor's kid, having one world of friends at church and one world of friends at school. But in, when I would go to youth or when I would go to, uh, my friends would suddenly come to church or my pastor would show up at my school, I was like sweating because I was like, oh my gosh, people are gonna find out that, that I have two different worlds going on. But I, I grew up in that, like being scared that my past was gonna come back to haunt me. Right, wow. And then... That's powerful. Yeah, and so I think that that was one. I think, to tell me how, how recent you want to get with it, because as of, like, this week, stuff happened that was, do you want me to get recent, or, like, are we are we go with those examples? This is the conversation. Love it. Love it. Yeah, on no there. one's watching. It's totally fine. Let's <laughs> just yeah. ask us. You know what I mean? I I, I was at uh, Manhattan Beach on Sunday, literally one week ago. And two weeks ago, I was talking about how much compassion and forgiveness I had for my Ex, and that's still true for my ex-husband. And that was that,
0: episode one. That was yeah. episode one. Episode yeah.
1: one. And um, you need to tell a really personal story next because I've told a bunch, Kay Kendall. Mm. Right. Um, <laughs> he's like, okay, chill. <laughs> but, and that's still true. But then two weeks later, mm. this last weekend, I was at the beach watching the sunset with some friends from Oasis. And we were there. And I turned around. And who's on the same beach as me? There's my ex. And he's as a few feet away, as far as me and the, the piano away. And he didn't see me, he didn't recognize me. It's mm. the same, but I, I know what he looks like. And even he looked different, but his mannerisms were the same. So in one moment, half of me wants to run up and say hello because I have this compassion, I have this uh, love, not in love, but this love right. for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at the same moment, I also know I need to leave this situation Mm -hmm. because I don't know what's going to happen. I had the same feeling of madness and mercy battling inside me, the same as Joseph. And so I I get him, and I'm grateful that the Bible keeps messy situations in it so we actually know that we're not alone in it.
0: I think that's really, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing (laughs) and being transparent. I think it's really unbelievable. To test everything you've learned about Jesus, yeah. everything you've learned about the word of God, everything you've learned about the love of God, to see someone years later, mm-hmm. and the last time you saw them, you were in they put, they were the ones who put yeah. you in a pit. Yeah. And that reaction in that moment. And Kendall, I think about like, I went to a protest recently where that Kindle that you were a part of yeah. at your high school, and they were, you guys were protesting the injustice of what happened with George Floyd. And I remember walking home because your high school is in walking distance of my house. I remember walking home with tears in my eyes. That the young generation mm. would would come together in in unity in that way. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but then there's also this moment where I think, you know, I guess my question to you as a young person would be: uh, Do you feel like your generation is aware of these big moments in history, but not aware maybe of these little moments that wow. can help write history? For example. I remember two weeks before I met my now wife, Christina, two Mm -hmm. weeks before I met her, my ex texted me. Wow! And an Mm -hmm. answered text could have been a forfeited future. Uh Do you think that young people are aware, maybe you could speak for yourself, I know you know a lot of people, of how not just big things like Mm -hmm. protesting injustice, but small things like answering texts texts can shape their future? Do you think that you've struggled to see the little things that you're doing, That I believe you do so well as a young man, are also shaping
2: your future? Um I think definitely the little thing I mean, I think that there's both people in the youth, especially um they do recognize those things, but then there's also times that they don't right and it's and it's a learning thing it's it's learning and, and you're still young right yeah. and um but for me personally, it's like i've gotten at times in my life uh i've been betrayed and and put in the pit or put in prison right but the, the times that really stuck out to me are when they asked me for a favor, even though, like, we've had so much. After, been, after you yeah. put me in a pr- prison. Now you want. Now you wanna <laughs> ask me for a favor? Like, you want me to step up to the plate and bat, go to bat for you? When you just put me in a prison? Like, what? Right. Like, how does that even make sense? But I think it's, it's understanding that when they put you in the prison, I don't think they were in the right place. And I don't think they understood what they were doing in the long run. Maybe in the short run they were like, yeah, I'm going to do this because it makes them feel better. But in the long run, they don't understand what it really does for the bigger picture, like you were saying. Um, so, for, so for me personally, I think what the what the youth needs to work on and understand and learn is that The small things create the bigger picture. Mm. All the little things that we do create the bigger picture. And there's gonna be times where, you know, it'll be difficult and it'll be hard. Mm. And there's gonna be times where you don't feel like you're doing anything. But those little things ultimately add up to the big picture.
0: You know, even when you said that, I I just have been thinking a lot this week with, um, and I know we talk about, you know, race and racism a lot. And maybe people are feeling weary of that, but I hope we never get weary of talking about this conversation because it's important. But I was thinking about what you said—the little things. When I was thinking about um, Martin Luther King, mm. and I was thinking about that, I don't know who his mother is. Right. Like I couldn't say the name of his mother by name, and I had this thought of you know his his mom, you know maybe having a tough labor and then you know having you know Martin you know talking with about his dad what should we name him well no, let's call him Martin
1: up. I've never thought about him as no I know that sounds weird yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about him as Martin
0: but that's my point exactly we know him as Martin Luther, Luther King, King Jr., Absolutely. Jr the activist wow. but she just named him Martin so let's say so she weird. named him Martin it's like little Martin she's making little Martin his lunch Marty. little Martin's going to school maybe little Martin doesn't listen all the time and I just always have this picture of her sending little Martin home wow. or sending little Martin to school right. and sitting there in her kitchen wondering what she's going to do with her life. Right. And maybe not having done the thing mm. that everybody's celebrating, maybe, you know, obviously not being able to vote, not being able to do. And I'm like, man, my life has no meaning. Mm. Right. Not realized wow. that she gave birth to the change. Like the king. Goodness right.
1: gracious. Right. Yeah. And
0: I think so many times we want to be the change. We don't want to give...
1: Birth
0: to the change. We don't want to raise it. We don't want to invest in change. We want to be it. And so there's these little things where, um, you know, when, you know, maybe his dad was there. Maybe the nurses were there. Maybe there was a a midwife that was there that doesn't think that she did anything. But she encouraged Mm. the birth of a revolution. Right. And didn't even know it. Wow. And I think that. Just for those that are watching, there's this powerful scripture in the Bible where Jesus talks to a group of people and he says, they say, hey, man, we went down. We prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. He says, away from me, evildoers. I never knew you. Same passage. He goes, man, you know, um, when I was thirsty, thank you so much. Yeah. you, you, You hooked your boy up. When I was hungry, you fed me. And they're like, what are you talking about? He says, oh, whatever you did for the least of these you did for me. And I guess I would ask you, Elise, in in everything that even bringing up seeing your, you know, your ex and all these things and everything that God has done in your life. I remember that time when you were getting married, you want to do such big things with your life and maybe you still do. But have you had some time to maybe reflect on some of the small things that you've done that have been so impactful that maybe Jesus would thank you for? And, and you would go on the last day, like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try and do it without crying, for sure. But you can go ahead and cry. You got okay. It. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the permission to cry yeah, yeah, for my emotions.
0: emotions. Um, okay. We're in touch with our emotions, by the way.
1: Okay, well, thank you for um, telling everybody that, so that you're in touch with mm-hmm. your emotions. I right. think that's, um, yeah, great. Love that. I would love to see proof of that, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... Um, I think that that is all through my life or was a lot more prevalent mm. before the divorce because um, I just wanted it to, even more than I wanted to do big things, I think the example of it at the time was shallow because you could see it in the wedding, in in the sense that, and you remember, I wanted it to look so perfect and I wanted it to look picture perfect. And honestly, it did, like it was beautiful. Uh, but it was two dimensional. Mm. And I think that anything that looks perfect should already always cause a red flag because nothing's perfect. And I think that that's where I mistook it. I thought big things looked big. And I think through this last couple of years, and honestly, you've taught me a lot in that really, of unlearning a lot of things from growing up in church. And so where I wanted to do big things Now I feel like I am, but they don't look like what I thought they would look like. Like the amount of time I sit talking to girls one-on-one that are going through heartbreak now, that I check in with. Not like, let me talk to them on Instagram, but like, hey, let's FaceTime, or if they're not living here, or hey, let's go for coffee, and the amount of girls that have slept on my couch now because they needed to get out of a situation. That would have never happened before. And even in this last year, feeling like God was challenging me in the area of generosity, even financially. I, for so long, because of whatever reason, pain and being um, hurt in a lot of ways financially, I wanted to keep it all to myself. But that was really out of fear. And I wanted to accumulate and hold on to and realizing that it's those giving it away in the small moments, in not these big moments where I'm writing this huge check and holding it up on a stage, but right. hey, rather than going to Oasis and being like, oh, can, can we pay this person's bill? It's like, at yeah. least you can pay this person's bill. Right. And it's doing that. I don't know if that answers your question. It does.
0: Right? And I think, you know, Kendall, I was thinking about how, I don't know, maybe this would have been, you know, three, four years ago, when, you know, the first time I think I was talking to your pops and and, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, I just would love to get like some, you know, people, some mentors in my son's life. Man, he's a great guy. But I'm just like, I don't want to be the only person telling him stuff all the yeah. time. So maybe you just hang out. And I didn't know that I was picking up like this Kindle. Totally. Right. Does that make sense? I just yeah. thought he was just, like 13 and like we we're going to go chill, get some food. But like I was watching uh, the conversation last week.
1: No, honestly, I was in my house last last week watching you on the conversation. I was like, get it, bro!
0: But I thought about the time that I picked you up. And yeah, I didn't wow. know I was picking up that Kindle. Wow. And so it wasn't a big deal back then. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. We'll go get mm-hmm. some apoyo Loco, get some food. And... But then, but then I was like, when I would drop Kendall off at home, I would think about the big thing that I wanted to do, not knowing that maybe I had done that, you were doing the big, that big thing. Right? And so yes. if, for, for a dreamer, so we're good. always encouraged to have a big dream, my question right. to you is this. Think about, like, people are always encouraged to have a big dream. Nobody would say, you know what I want to do when I get older? What? I want to be in charge of grain. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I want to, like... I just feel like God's telling me.
1: Why do you have to do it in that voice?
0: Because that's how they always talk. Oh. <laughs> I just feel like the Lord's telling me. Like I had, a, I had a vision. It was an open vision, and there's grain everywhere, and there's so much grain, and everybody needs the grain. Nobody yeah, wants to be in yeah, charge I'm of so the grain. Nobody. Gonna, yeah. But being in charge of a little grain during a big famine right. is yes. a big dream. Big wow.
2: Dream. Right, right. So
0: right. what he was in charge of was indicative to the season that wow. God had called him. So I guess my question to you is like. Same, really. That I asked least. Do you feel like there are certain things that you do, Kendall? Right, that when you stand before Jesus one day, He would go, "Man, good looking out, man." Like, and, and in this moment, doesn't make you think of something that that God might thank you for that maybe nobody else would. Like, yeah. what is your
2: grain? You know, like yeah. that
0: thing that nobody would be like, "I want to do that."
2: Um, my grain. and I, I think it's a it's a tough question, and but I really like it because. Um, a lot of the youth right now are so, so lost and so um, focused on the big picture, right? They're so focused on that big dream. And I think uh, what, what society teaches the youth is to focus on that big dream. I mean, there's no teacher or no person that's ever gonna say, oh, go follow your grain dream, right? They want you to be the best, biggest star ever, right? They want you to do this, accomplish these things, right? And so I think for me, the biggest, or my grain is, is just leading by example. Um, and so a lot of the times, especially in my community and, and through school and stuff like that, there's, like you were saying, there's like, there's two, they're two, like, they're not three dimensional, they're two dimensional people, right? Like, you can have your church friends, but you can also have your outside friends. But if you remain the same, whether no matter who you're yeah. around, you're leading by example, yeah. you become a leader and they become a follower, but you don't even realize. You're just leading by example and you're staying even keel no matter who you're around. And I could be talking to Julian and having, we can have this great conversation. And you right. guys are giving me all this wisdom and, and um, showing me how to live my life, right? But then I can transfer that and, and live even kill in in a three dimensional right and be the same person no matter where I am that's no joke and and people start to follow you and so I think that's my grain is is living in being the same person, mm. no matter who's around, what's going on, and and where you are. Bro, that is yeah.
0: powerful grain, bro. Like that is freaking wisdom. That's some good grain. Because because I think that's the big thing. Being the same person everywhere, yeah. yeah. And being an example is grain. Nobody was like, nobody says I want to grow up and be an example.
2: Right. Yeah. Like
0: nobody. nobody.
1: Everyone says they want to grow up and be a leader.
0: Right. Yeah, being an example. Mm-hmm. Right? No, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. You know, I just want to take care of my kids and be an example of what a great father looks wow. like. We, we don't say that. Right. I think we get, like, one of the things I want to start doing and open this up is, is uh, making sure that uh, people watching can be able I to ask some that, questions. Yeah. yeah. And I know you were, you got some questions that people were I asking. I did.
1: I did get um, some questions that people have been asking. I think which is so cool because it helps us to know right. what's um, what people are responding to and what's kind of hitting home for people as well and I had one that was like really interesting this week and she was asking, she was talking about how Joseph never seemed to waver in his honour of authority, even in situations where he would be excused. Like in this situation, like he wouldn't be blamed for throwing him in prison. But uh, she said, in a season where it seems challenging to honour and respect my authority, how can I honour and uh, respect authority if I disagree with someone or how can I honour someone that I don't respect?
0: Yeah. That's tough. Hey, how do you really do that? <laughs> With God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to your understanding of God's word. If you get your decision-making from the word of God, then you would find that righteous men, God seemed to always want to put around or under wicked leadership. You know, wow. so I, I shouldn't, I think it's, that's the wrong question. Not how do I, how did Daniel? How did David? Mm-hmm. How did Jesus? He was under Herod. If you go to the word of God, you will find that Daniel was under four wicked kings. There were very few people that got to be under great leadership. And I have really wrestled my own heart where I pray for my leaders and I'm thankful for my leaders even when I don't agree. And I am very, as much as I can be, well-versed in biblical leadership and how often awful it was. So then wow. I go, no matter who this person is, I don't like. They are no Nebuchadnezzar. They're not the, 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 the Persian army that came in and was skinning Israelites alive. They're not Pharaoh in, in Exodus that ordered the execution of every child under two. They're not Herod who did the same thing when Jesus showed up. And so I tried to lean into that. And um, I do think that it's God's job to bring down leadership he doesn't like to a certain degree, we should, right. we should vote, we should do all those things, but dishonor is, is um, very dangerous to the Christian.
1: So how do you disagree with someone without dishonoring them if you're finding that difficult?
0: I think people are too excited about being right. That's great. It's facts. Right? So sometimes, facts. sometimes the, your opinion is the enemy of the truth, not actual lie. Ooh. So what is the truth? You know, and so I think we live in an opinionated culture yeah. where our opinions are opposed away, and yeah. the truth is in a book collecting dust. You know, so it again, your tr- the truth of God's word wow. has to supersede your opinion. So it's not what do I do? Again, I'm not what do I do when I don't agree with my leaders? How do I honor? What do I do when my opinion is the opposite of the truth of God's Word? Because mm. mm. once you start there, you will know what to do with your leader wow. if you know how to match your opinion against the truth of God's Word. That is so good. So, um, that is really, dishonor really good. just cannot be an option. And
1: yeah. it's interesting because as this story goes on, I don't know where we're gonna take it next week or where we're gonna pick up or whatever with Joseph, but his brothers, spoiler alert, end up teaching him another a lesson. And I, I wondered if it was a test from God to be like, hey, will you be humble enough to learn a lesson from people that you deem less spiritual than you? Mm, uh. Because at that point, he was like the spiritual guy. right? But I think that's the thing. So sometimes maybe God's testing us and asking us, hey, are you willing to learn this lesson from someone you deem less spiritual or less mature or less successful or less and all those things. And if we're looking for the lesson from God in everything, somehow, some way, sometimes it can get easier than, than that.
0: And honor and honesty have the same root word. Mm. So I think oh, wow. that one of the things why, why our country has um, so much dishonor from even young people that are angry at their leaders or angry at the nation's leaders because the people who support those leaders are not honest.
1: Right. So wow. in the attempt
0: to be honoring, they say nothing challenging yeah. to the leader at all. Mm-hmm. So now you have someone who's maybe not walking in the maturity of the word that comes and shouts and angry because the mature person, the mature leader, hasn't said a word. Wow, that's really so good. even for me, I navigate honoring leaders that I don't agree with while I'm watching people who have all the wisdom, mm. been doing this longer than me, right. that are completely silent. And then when I say something, I get in trouble for dishonoring. But it's easy not to dishonor in your silence. So I think the, the challenge is we need to all speak up, but we need to figure out how to talk with being honoring, but also be honest and say, right. hey, I don't know about that. Right. You know, um, I would even say the heart of honor would be this back to Daniel because I've mm-hmm. studied this, you know, yeah. and it's like Daniel said this word to um, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and Daniel had a tough correction for him an interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar having a dream that meant Nebuchadnezzar was going to spend years with long fingernails in the wild, gone crazy. So Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, he tells Daniel about it, and Daniel gets the interpretation of the dream, and the interpretation of the dream is that God is punishing Nebuchadnezzar for his leadership. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. How do you tell that to the person? I'll tell you how he told him. I'll tell you how he told him. Oh, precious king, if only this dream was for someone else and not you. Uh-uh. But you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yo, it's freaking hilarious. I'm like, yo. So Nebuchadnezzar has a freaking dream, evil king. Uh-huh. Nebuchadnezzar tells the Daniel prophet, "What wow. does that mean?" Daniel gets interpretation. You're about to be exiled yo, for bro. years, and he goes, "If only wow. this interpretation was, was for someone, someone else, else, not you, O oh precious uh. king."
1: That amount of love for someone.
0: Mm-hmm. So, same thing, Moses, them. God was getting ready to strike down people that are against mm-hmm. him. He's yeah. like, God, please don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Mm. And I think that's a, a, a place that we all have to be in.
1: That's really good.
0: You know, I think in, in closing. Final thoughts, Jerry Springer. Final thoughts. And um, I, I just want to say that I think um, my, my final thought would be, if you're if you're watching this right now, And you're watching like Kendall, who is 17 and, you know, not that there's not more to 16, and there's not that there's not more to him than that, or uh, Elise where, you know, she's talking about a divorce and her ex. I think so many times we try to, and I love what you said about being three dimensional, like being able to be, Mm. and so many times we try to identify ourselves with our situation, Mm -hmm. not like our situation, our circumstance becomes our identity. You know, and I feel like in this passage of scripture, what stands out to me is that when we think of Joseph in the Bible, we actually think, oh, yeah, the guy that was thrown in the pit. Like the guy that yeah. went to jail for something he didn't do. Right. We never really say wow. the guy that God used to make to save people from a famine. We never yeah. say that part because I think instinctively we all, you know, end up being better at identifying with our pain than mm-hmm. we are with blessing and promise. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've said this before and I think I would like to say this here, is that I want you to be careful with not being so good at being in pain emotionally that that's the only way you can connect with God. Mm. Mm. You know, that you can connect with God in your blessing. You can connect with God in, in, your, in your good times and in, in the times where things are going well for you so that you don't develop this identity as, yep, I'm, I'm the one who got betrayed, I'm the one who got um, this, and this happened to me. And I think about the things that people have done to me. I've I've, I've experienced a lot of like betrayal and hard times, but I don't really talk about that because mm. I'm on the other side of it. Right. And I think that if you're on the other side of it, then when your past comes to visit you, because yeah. it, it will. And sometimes your past comes to visit you through another person, that triggers you. We need to talk about triggers. Mm. But I think when my past shows up to visit my present, I have to be aware that my past is trying to visit my present sometimes to destroy my future. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And even in this country, we are dealing with the not so awesome past for African-Americans Right in 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 our country but that doesn't mean that we don't have a future and so how do we deal with our past and not ruin our future doing it here's the thing about this passage i'll leave you with is that joseph had a dream about his future and his past put him in the position so that the dream could be achieved and then his past came to visit him in genesis 42 and had he made the wrong decision he would have forfeited his future And I want to give you a prophetic word that over this next season, your past will come to visit you. And your response, whether it's a past temptation, a past person, a past hurt or past offense, your response when your past shows up in your present is going to shape or delay a future dream that you have. And so I want to encourage you when your past shows up to visit, be ready with grace, be ready with hope, be ready with faith, be ready to take a stand and understand that what happened to you was wrong, but you're God's child, and he is for you. Mm-hmm. How was that, Kendall? That was fire. How was that, was that so Elise? Good. That facts. was so good. Final thought? You can't say facts.
1: I know, I really want to be able to be you someone can't. that can The ass had I'm too much like hiss
0: on yeah. it. Facts. It's like a snake. Facts. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. Facts. 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 Yeah. Facts. This, facts. Just to stop, they don't. Okay. <laughs> Okay. That was really great, Julian. Yeah, that was good. Awesome. That was more. more okay. Like... Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just. You
0: guys, thank you for tuning in <laughs> yeah. to episode three of love the conversation. Guys. Man, I want to thank one more time my amazing co-host Kendall Haley, the legend, Elise Marie Murphy, nice. the the incomparable Australian. And while we're at it, let's thank me. Yeah. Julian. Thanking himself. Oh my. I don't want to be left out. <laughs> Unity. Love you so much.